Hey everyone, it's Espo, and you've heard me talk about DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, and how payday can come every day by entering their contest with huge cash prizes up for grabs. Making a lineup on DraftKings adds excitement to every night. So if your dating life's boring, DraftKings will make your night exciting regardless. And it's simple to do, unlike dating. Or, or unlike marriage for those of you that are married. So draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every moment means more with a DraftKings lineup on the line. Every moment. Every moment in a game means more, which is crazy because right now in the finals, every moment's about to give me a heart attack. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to users across all sports. DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports, so there's no better place to get in on all the action. It's DraftKings. That's all you need. That's what you need to know. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up using code TBPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code TBPN to get a free entry with your deposit only at DraftKings. Minimum deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Hi, everyone. Tim Kitzer here, the voice of NBA Jam and NFL Blitz. Welcome to the Solar Panel. Tonight's matchup, Espo versus the Silver Fox versus Carmel Thunder. Boomer Shakalaka. Ahoy, ahoy. Hey, let me tell you something. All of this is correct. We're in this situation right now because we put ourselves in this situation. I mean in a good way. We got three games to win two. That's how you got to look at it. You can't have your heads down right now. You got to stay together. That's the deal. What happened tonight is correctable. 17 offensive rebounds they got, 17 turnovers we had. Think about that, guys. We had a 21-point fourth quarter. We're making it hard on ourselves, okay? But we can't have our heads down. It's emotionally tough. But we got to know we put ourselves in this position. We got home court advantage. You got to keep your spirit high. That's the deal. Ever since I've been here, we talked about everything you want is on the other side of hard. This is hard. This is freaking hard. So you got to stick together. That's the deal. All right? Let's bring it in. Come on, guys. Hello, and welcome, everybody, into another edition of the Solar Panel, whether you're watching us live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, uh, a pair of rabbit ears in Apache Junction. We don't care how you're watching us live. We just appreciate you, the flaming ballers, more than you know. Yes, even those of you listening on the podcast on demand. I am your host, Greg Esposito. Ahoy, hoy. And joined, as always, by the man, the myth, the legend, the Silver Fox, and that's an emphasis on silver because it's getting yeah. more silver with every game we have to handle. King, Dave, how are you? I am doing very well. I'm doing very well. How are you? I'm good, thank you. And then, as always, it's the Carmel Thunder from Down Under who's slowly joining Dave on the silver train. It's Saul Bookman. Saul, how are you? Oh, yeah. This might be going great, but uh, you can ask my kids last night. I still got the game. Oh, oh! You, dunk, you dunking on a seven foot hoop on your kids? No, or? no, no, these Achilles can't handle a dunk. I just got those fadeaways now. Oh, a seven foot hoop. <laughs> you, you got old man. You got old man fadeaways. All right. That's and right as baby. I said, I'm, I'm your host, Greg Esposito, and yes, I'm, I'm getting a little in such good shape. You got to do seven foot fadeaways on a seven foot rim. Is that what we're saying? It's a nerf hoop that he's fading away on. Yeah, I've That's got it. some silver too. This uh. This series, these playoffs are taking years off my life. And as long as it ends in a, a moment that we're all happy about, I will sacrifice those years like I believe many of you will too. But we got a, we got a special guest in the house today, a guy who, when we have a group therapy session, like I feel like today is going to be, you need a man like this on your side. He's a guy that shepherds Suns fans through years of hardship. He's a guy that's there for you, win or lose after a game. It's the Reverend John Bloom. John, how are you, my friend? The Reverend. <laughs> uh, the Reverend. That's a new one. Wow. Uh, I'm I'm doing well, guys. It's great to be with you. It's great to be here on the solar panel. I'm uh, outside because my kids are sleeping, and uh, they're not going to tell you anything about my game, Saul. They're not going to say anything nice. That's what twelve and fourteen year old girls do. There's 
There's just really nothing that they are going to share that's nice about that. Although they're all in on this Phoenix Suns run, and I'm so jacked up that they've gotten to experience this at this stage in their life because now they have a full kind of recognition. Even if they still don't get it all the way, they're at least recognizing why I'm such a looney tune when it comes to this basketball team and why I have been their entire existence, right? You know what's so funny is, is my daughter is 13, and she doesn't care about sports whatsoever. And every game since the Western Conference Finals, she has been sitting on the couch next to me watching this team. And the other night when we started to kind of let the lead go, I could hear her going, oh, my gosh, you know, like kind of grunting and groaning like alongside me. And I was like, what is happening right now? Like, what <laughs> yeah. you know, it's, it's a really it's a really organic and really cool thing to see somebody become a Suns fan right in front of your eyes. I've got a 14-year-old yeah. niece, same thing. You know, all this 13, 12, 14. <laughs> uh, not really a sports fan to, to you know, of note. Uh, she had previously gone to a couple of Suns games, but that was about it. But she is going nuts uh, on this on this playoff team. And we just agreed that we're going to try to go to the road rally on game six together yeah. with a group of us, you know, the cool. family. I did the road rally this past Wednesday. Sorry, Espo, just a second. I did the road rally at, at uh, Chase Field last Wednesday. It's a little bit more quiet than I, it was tons of people, but it's so spread out. I can't yeah. wait to get back into the arena where everybody is just baked into the whole pie right there and going nuts. Yeah. My, um, my so four year old's back. right there with, with everybody. Like she's, yeah, she's totally bought in and she's four. Like, she's like, uh, okay, daddy, explain this to me. How's this going? If, if she has to go to bed before it's over the next morning, she wakes up. What was the score? Did we win, Daddy? Did we win, Daddy? Like, we're seeing a whole generation of fans become, uh, you know, a, a, actually a whole generation of kids become fans, and it's so amazing. But we, we started the show with that Monty clip from the other night, though, the post-game speech, yeah. right? And and you hear it, and, and his words are pretty powerful. But the thing after I've watched this numerous times that starts to stand out to me is watching Dario in the background. Not just because he's dressed like a banana. That's one reason why <laughs> he stands out. But that. you can see him start and look completely dejected. And then as Monty speaks, he starts to go, yeah, you're right. We did put ourselves in this situation. Yeah, you're right. There were turnovers and offensive rebounds that caught us, cost us. And then we get to everything on the other side of hard. He's like, I'm ready to hurt the other knee to run so fast. I want to get up here and get going. Let's do this. And it was the most Dario thing you could see. But I think it was an effective way to watch the impact Monty Williams has on this entire roster. That speech got me going. I can only imagine what it did for the guys in that room. John, you've... You've had the opportunity uh, over the years to interview Monty, to talk to some of these guys. What do you think that impact of him and what he's, uh, you know, what he's trying to pull out of these guys is? It's amazing. Well, first, let me just uh, get a chance to, to say this for the first time on the solar panel. That's Dario. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, you're welcome. Uh, and then uh, also just a uh, comment about, uh, you know, these moments that we're getting access to courtesy of microphones and, and cameras inside the locker room are just that. They're just moments. Uh, but this is like something that's happened from the get-go when Monty got here. And I think we all took notice of it to a certain extent, but we also were hesitant in some aspects. I'm going to group myself with a lot of people who are around this team a lot because we've seen other coaches come in and be inspiring, right? We've seen other coaches come in and say great things and maybe get us all engaged and think, wow, okay, this guy has something here and he's developing something here. But we haven't seen the players take those things and run with them the way this group has taken everything that Monty tells them and, and uh, come right back to us in these Zoom calls or whatever access we have and basically utter the same exact phrases as if it's gospel, as if they, they certainly buy in and believe in what he's telling them. And uh, that is such a great thing to have. It's one thing to have a guy, like I said, that, that you trust and a guy that, that preaches that gospel. It's another thing to have everybody believe it, buy in, and just go all out for him. 
And I feel like we have that here in Phoenix because of what Monty has created, along with his staff. I don't want to sleep on guys like Willie Green, who obviously looks like he's getting, uh, you know, promoted and, and is going to be a head man. And I think a lot of people across the league believe that it's time for him to get a shot. And it's going to maybe be tough for Monty to replace a guy like Willie Green on that staff because of how much he's meant to this group. Uh, Mark Bryant deserves a lot of credit. Uh, all up and down, you know, that bench I think they all have a piece in it just like we talk about how deep this team is and how everybody's been engaged whether they like to say one through 15 you can add on to 15 you've got more than that right you've got guys that have been a part of this group from the start and uh, and so I, I think Monty deserves the, the majority of credit for locking everybody in to use the cliche that we're all involved in now I, you know, I, I, th- I just real quick I think that moment is going to become this runs Westfall speech Everybody looks back at that Westfall guarantee uh, in in a special way from that 93 run. I think that's going to be the moment that people look back on and go, that's, that's when this gal, this team got galvanized in the finals. That's when, when the turning point was. So you're saying that the Suns and four guy, isn't this year? (laughs) No, I think the moment, the moment is actually the, the speech in the bubble for me. Yeah. For me. That's what I think it is. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because it had to start somewhere, right? And the Westfall speech came at the very beginning of the playoffs, and and then they made their huge run. To give a speech like this with two games left or three, possibly, you know, like, okay, it, it's a great speech. Don't get me wrong. Um, but, you know, it's it's based in reality. You know, I think that's, that's the thing that I think Monty has such a gift about is that it's not just coach speak. It's not just let me blow smoke up your asses. It's, hey – there's a little bit of reality to this. This is a dark situation if you want it to be dark, but we don't need it to be dark because of this, 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 and this. And this is why we're going to get out of this because we control our own destiny because of what we happened in the bubble. And we talked about it in the bubble. And uh, and matter of fact, as we're talking about that, for those who don't remember, let's go ahead and run that for everybody. From Flagstaff till now, um, it's just been an unreal ride right and we got to go back to the hotel and and see what happens but i I want you guys to know this um before that happens like this is this was therapeutic for me to be around a group like this i i i gotta tell you guys man i love you i do i don't care what happens tonight i I know what i got in this room it's been a it has been cool for me to be with y'all every day, to watch you guys work and, and battle and um, and gain the respect of your peers the way you have on this trip. We're not the sons of old. You've been through a lot. You've been through a lot. And it's, it's hard to, to play the way you play every single night and not get the respect that you deserve. Guess what? You got it, okay? So I don't, I don't care what happens. God knows I hope we get a chance to to keep shocking the world because that's what you did. Nobody believed we'd come, you know, we'd come here and go 8-0 and, and beat the teams we beat. But just know, man, this is special, okay? I want you guys to know that. I don't care what happens, right? This is special. Don't let anybody take this away from you. You gain the respect of the league, okay? Now we got to build on it. We may get to build on it this, this weekend or it may happen in the summer. We don't control it. Okay, we got to get to the point where we control. You understand that? You guys understand that? You want to be the kind of team that controls your own destiny. Okay, that's our next step. All right, love you guys. Bring it in. We literally did control their own destiny. They came in. They had the second most wins in the league this year. They've had home court all the way through the playoffs. Look, let's go back. Um, David Jackson in the chat said the Suns are going to fold because uh, Chris Paul had one bad game. And if they lose this this game tonight, the season's over. Well, there's a couple of different takes on that. But the take <clears throat> I'm going to have is let's remember when the Suns were down 1-2 in the first round to the Lakers. Um, they had also lost momentum. They were struggling um, uh, with the Lakers' size, and the Lakers started clowning them and all that stuff. And – over those couple of games, they righted themselves. They figured it all out. And even before Anthony Davis went down with the pull groin, the Suns had the lead in that first half. 
and had figured out the Lakers and then just closed out the series. And then you've again, you've got the Clippers series. Suns lost game five at home. And everyone's like, oh, God, now the Clippers are coming back. They've got all the momentum. They had been down. They came back. They've got all the momentum. The Suns just spanked them in game six in L.A. And so to suggest that the Suns are down and out at any point is not giving enough credit to Monty Williams and this team who figured out it doesn't matter what happened in this last game. We're going forward to the next game. The next game is the one that matters. The last game is the one that doesn't matter. Fans are the only ones who harp on the last game. Players are focused on today's game. That's the game they're focused on. Yeah, I agree with you, Dave. And I think that, uh, you know, the fans that are focused on the last game, the fans are still panicking right now that the Suns lost two games in Milwaukee, I think, uh, are going to panic probably no matter what. Uh, you know, you're not going to be able to probably get them to settle down. It's just that we, we, we talk to all kinds of different fans after the games. You guys know this. And, and you guys, most of you, I don't know if Dave's called them, but I know Saul and, and Espo, it's been awesome having you guys call in after the games a couple times on the post-game show. But we Talk to all it's been a busy signal. It, did we get a lot of that? Yeah, I got to give you the bat phone, maybe Dave, hook it up on the bat by, the behind bat the phone. scenes. Uh, yeah. But you know what? Uh, it's one of those deals where you can tell kind of the mentality of certain fans, and some people, you know, no matter how rational you want to be with them, it's just it's not, and that's part of being a fan. I mean, it, it comes from fanatic, and we understand kind of the process of being a fan. Uh, but with this basketball team. And with that, I'm so glad to watch that again, by the way. Thanks for playing that, Saul, because it reinforces my thought that that's, that's the Westfall moment for this team. Even though Chris Paul wasn't on that team and Jay Crowder wasn't on that team and Sticks and the other guys that, that weren't there, I just feel like that galvanized this group, this community, this basketball team, this fan base, and all the other players that were looking at the Sun saying, wow, maybe I want to go play for Monty Williams and with that group. That moment, I think, played a big role in all of that. And so for that reason, I think it has that long-lasting importance moving forward, no matter what happens here. And now here they are controlling their own destiny, right? With three games left, potentially, and two of the three being in Phoenix, that is controlling your own destiny. That's exactly what Monty Williams laid out in that locker room in the bubble in Orlando, Florida, and it's now here in front of us. It's amazing to think of that with Game 5 on the horizon tonight in downtown Phoenix, and I can't wait. I can't wait to see what they have in store. And, I, and for all those people panicking, I'll just remember, I'll just remind you, uh, you know, what reason do you have to panic about this team and the way they played on their home floor in the playoffs? And they've been fantastic. John, John, you know uh, I've been a guy uh, on that dark side. You've been in a foxhole with me after some uh, some games during the during the dark days, and and I've also had a few bad nights in Milwaukee, ugly nights in Milwaukee during my college years at Marquette. So I understand <laughs> I understand how you can have a bad night in Milwaukee, but I can I can tell you you can bounce back. And and look, the I'm all bought in, and in part. I felt like when Monty points in that speech and says, you've been through a lot, he's not just pointing at Devin Booker. He's pointing at the fans. He's pointing at employees, everybody that has been through all of this and, and saying it'll be all right. And I, the, as I watched that and having just watched the, the speech from the other night uh, at the beginning, they feel like they're – it's 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 the first chapter and the last chapter kind of thing. They feel like they're connected. They feel like two parts of the same speech because he does talk about we got to control our own destiny and then we have uh, put ourselves in this position. We've done it. I believe in this group. There's just an inherent belief that I don't think I've ever had with another Suns team. You've talked about. I mean, you brought it up, John. There are other guys who have talked a good game from a coaching position turned out to be snake oil salesman because nobody bought in in the end this is different this is different than than any team we've seen and that's why i still think it's sons and six i think they come out tonight they handle business at home and then they learned uh, to to close out throughout this playoffs they learned when you have the opportunity to close out do it take advantage of it that clippers game five Will will resonate. I know it's a tall task, but I still think it's going to happen. 
Apparently nobody else does. No, but no, I, well, I mean, I didn't know if that was a question or what. I thought that was just a comment. So, hey, you know, I, I want to go back to the money thing for a second. Okay. When, when we're talking about money, and I just want to preface this by saying it's not the end of the world if the worst scenario plays out here in the NBA finals. Okay. I don't even want to think about what that would entail. But what I will say is this nobody, nobody, none of you, not none of us thought that the Suns could possibly make it to the NBA Finals, let alone put themselves within two games of a championship at this point, okay? Like, I'm not going to say we're playing with house money, but, <laughs> I mean, it's kind of right there, right? In addition to that, when you're talking about money specifically, my man has been through a lot in his life, right? And if you put it in perspective – what the situation is in front of you versus what has happened in your life and the life yeah. experiences that you've had to deal with. Hey, hey, we're having fun right now. We're having fun right now. You got to embrace this. You got to enjoy it. Win or lose, you got to enjoy that your son's team is in the NBA finals because nobody thought it was going to happen. And that's the beauty of this entire thing. And that's the beauty of Monty Williams is, is that he has a perspective unlike a lot of other people because of the, the life experiences that he's had to go through um and deal with and that's why he's the perfect coach at the perfect time for this for this team and he doesn't just do motivational speeches like the sons have had motivational speakers on their coaching staff in the past and those guys have lost 60 games out of 80 um what he does is he actually his he and his coaching staff um have set these guys up prepared these guys to do, do something really good every single game. Chris Paul says, this is his 16th year in the league. Chris Paul says he's, his, he's never had a team more prepared every game than this year. They uh, make adjustments every time. Now, the Suns are small compared to the Bucs, and the Bucs are playing at the very top of their game, and that's wonderful. I have said all playoffs. I'm a fan of health, and I'm really glad that we're getting the very best of the Bucs and I want the Suns to beat the best of the Bucks. But, you know, we all seem to forget that, and I want to give the Bucks a little bit of love here, we all seem to forget that the Bucks were the best team in the regular season, season in the last two years, and they just came up short in the playoffs because they didn't know how to win in the playoffs. And Bud, uh, Mike, Mike Budenholzer didn't make the right adjustments in the playoffs. He was still trying to play Giannis 30 minutes a game in the playoffs. That was crazy. Um, this year, Bud is making the adjustments. His, his his players are playing better than they have. And that has gotten them to the finals. They deserve to be in the finals, just like the Suns deserve to be in the finals. And the best team is going to end up winning. I believe that the Suns are the best team. They just all have to play really well. And Monty's a great coach for that in that he prepares them. He helps them with the adjustments every single game. Um, look, it's Giannis looked like he had he was having his way with the Suns for two games there, 40 points, could do anything on the court. The Suns made some adjustments in game four. Giannis was not as much of a factor offensively. He made some incredible defensive plays at the end of the game, but offensively, he wasn't as much of a factor. And they said, okay, Chris Middleton beat us. Chris Middleton did. But guess what? Chris Middleton's not going to do that every single game. Drew Holiday is not going to do it. It putting up so much energy. Uh, defending Chris Paul like the Clippers did, defending Chris Paul in the prior series, I'm wondering at some point those guys are going to run out of energy. Um, we'll just have to see how this whole thing plays out. But I do believe the Suns have more resilience and um, also have fewer um, uh, fewer reasons. Fewer, they can afford more things to go wrong than the Bucks can. The Bucks have to do everything perfectly to win this series and the Suns don't have to do everything perfectly. They just have to play well. Um, yeah. So I'm looking forward to having how game five plays out. Let's, let's shift gears. Uh, Chris Paul, obviously concerned in game four uh, turnovers at important times uh, did not have uh, the mid range jumper going, uh, missed some close in shots as well. Where is the level of concern when it comes to Chris Paul? Uh, I know some people in the chat are at, DEFCON 5, uh, I am not there, but John, where where are you when it comes to CP3 going into Game 5 tonight? 
I mean, I, I'm not uh, at DEFCON 5. I'm, I'm not all that concerned uh, because I still feel like he's going to want it more than anybody else on that floor, and I feel like it's going to come through. I thought it would come through in game four, and I called it wrong. I, I actually was walking around the studios at 98.7 and, and even over at 92.3 because they're next to each other, and I was bouncing back and forth doing some hits before game four, and, and I called uh, it Chris, uh, Chris Paul's opus is what I thought yeah. game four was going to be i was wrong uh i mean that opus was one that nobody would want to listen to again yeah uh but uh, i think he would probably be toughest on him uh, over what any of us would have to say about how that all went down look this guy wants to win like i said more than anybody else that's out there and i think it's going to show in a more poised manner when he's in front of the home crowd i think that you know that is a big part of this series look uh one thing you didn't mention dave about the bucks turnaround it, it to me is the biggest thing that they did was they upgraded the point guard spot as well they brought in drew holiday and they didn't have him those last couple playoff runs and they didn't have right. him even when they were building that great uh, regular season record pj tucker as well but for me it's the point guard and it's a guy that can change the games offensively and defensively and he's doing that in this series now he hasn't been as good on the road and neither is chris middleton and the hope is that tonight when they get back to phoenix in game five that you can limit those guys and not make them as effective for the milwaukee bucks and then you have a better chance to win the game uh, and and it's not science or anything crazy that we're going into deep analytics with it's just look at the home and away splits for guys like drew holiday and chris middleton and bobby portis for that matter and it stands out i mean they play a lot better when they're playing in front of that deer district home crowd at five serve yeah. forum so uh we'll see well i mean for me it's it's chris paul uh, has worked his whole entire career basically for this three-game series we have in front of us. Is that fair to say? And uh, if, if a guy like that is going to lock himself in and block everything else out, I like our chances. I, I, I just hope he can properly use his arm. <clears throat> yeah. He's, I think he's going to be fine. I, I really do. Like, injury or, or no injury, okay? Let's say my man's injured. You know, everybody seems to forget that. He had those torn ligaments in his hand when he dropped 37 on the Clippers in game six. Like, it didn't affect him then. Okay, maybe, you know, you know, therapy-wise or whatever, maybe you just didn't get the, the massage the right way or I don't know what the hell's going on. Like, but he's going to bounce back. Like, Chris Paul is a pro. Like, he's going to be fine. And even if he isn't Chris Paul, like, close out Chris Paul, all you need him to do is just be good enough to not turn the ball over five times in a game. Right. That's it. Just <laughs> yeah, don't yeah. turn the ball over. And right. You're, you're, you're right there. So, like, everybody just needs to – yeah. Like the, the chat okay right now. Oh, we need to we need to bench Chris Paul. We need to start campaign. We don't need to resign Chris Paul. I'm like, dude, everybody, take a time out, please. It's but that's okay. what happens. Suns fans have been in an abusive relationship for 53 years. So they I I get the overreaction. I mean, but i Chris Paul is not the guy to overreact about. He's an all-time great. He had a bad game. At the very least, Saul, you're right. He's going to correct the turnovers. He will not allow himself to turn over the ball in this game like he did uh, in game four. If you, if you it, do it, that alone, you eliminate eight points. Exactly. And that's the game right there. That's the difference right yeah, there. Yeah, I heard the of the Suns' 17 turnovers, 11 were live ball turnovers yeah. and turned into what? 20-some points. on 24. The 24 points on the other end. Come on. And you know, Chris Can't Paul, like you said, Saul, look, Chris Paul, look, Chris Paul does not have to be MVP caliber Chris Paul to win this game tonight. Devin Booker has to be great. Mikel Bridges can be better. De uh, DeAndre Ayton can be better. Jay Crowder can be better. All these guys can be better. And they can cover for a dude who's clearly, in my mind, clearly injured or at least suffering through some pain that's making him less than his best. He doesn't have to have 40 points for the Suns to win this game. If he does, hey, awesome. But what he's got to do, like you said, Saul, don't turn the fucking ball over at all, and the Suns will be fine. Hey, Bloom, I got a question for you. And this is just this is kind of uh, coming out of left field to a degree. Uh, the other day on 98.7, they ran a poll and they talked about who do you blame most in the loss? Was it uh, Chris Middleton's performance? 
Was it Chris Paul's turnovers? Was it DeAndre Aiden's performance? And then I forgot what the other thing is. And like 48% of people voted for DA. And I couldn't believe it. And I'm like, why? Why? Why do people have this just just this this rage about DA all the time? it's the number one it's the it's the number one it's what comes with that it's it's uh it's almost like a curse isn't it guys i mean it's like no matter how good you are if you get picked number one overall you're expected to never stink like never nothing you do can ever stink you have to be a world beater especially when you look at the other guys that were picked you know in that class and i think that's just the thing that keeps beating us over the head with this thing and hopefully eventually and i know there's one thing that could change everything it's two more wins actually it's two things that could change everything with regards to this because if they do get larry to come to the valley then enough of this whole talk about da and luca and all that stuff from the 2018 draft ever again i will be over it and done with it and if you call on the post game show it's just going to be a thanks for calling good night have a nice night and drive <laughs> home know, safe. Right? Uh, that's, that's what exactly it's going to be it. uh, and I mean, DA will say the same thing <laughs> DA will say yeah. the same thing I don't care if I get five points and five rebounds I don't care if I score at all I don't care if anything happens if we get a ring that's all that matters hey, yeah. we win games that's all that matters you cannot hope for more than your most physically talented guy on the team to actually just be the dude is i just tell me what to do to win and we'll win i don't care if it makes me look good or look bad did you guys hear his answer yesterday in the practice about um somebody asking him about the uh the Giannis block no it's going to go down in history as one of the greatest blocks in finals history deandre ayton's like okay it's going to happen (laughs) <laughs> my well, job was to try to, do? to watch that his job is to try to block it he made a great play it's fine and he didn't even use it with that veracity like obviously da's answers are more bahamian than mine um he's just like yeah you know it's just gonna happen <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I love his attitude as well, and and I think that he's only going to get better. I keep saying this, you know, he's 22, obviously, uh, what he's doing in this postseason, that last game notwithstanding, although I don't blame him, so I'm not one of those 48%. You know, those polls, by the way, that's that's coming from a a station that's got to come up with ideas to to twist angles and how to talk about this matchup, especially with this extra day off, right? Now that we get uh, another day to hype it up for every single one of these games, which are like their own individual Super Bowls. It's just amazing uh, to think of it that way. I'm not a fan of those polls. It's just playing a blame game, which this team hasn't done all year. So why should fans do it? But I know fans love to do it a little bit more. And we get involved in it in the chats. We get involved in it when we don't have to show our face. And we can talk to people in a way that we don't talk to them if we're in person and actually trying to have a human relationship with them. I wish we could get back to a little bit more of that. I'm trying to teach my kids that, that it is important to have actual human interaction and not put up these avatars and hide behind them. Not to go off on my soapbox here on a a podcast, but I just did. Uh, (laughs) Hey, now I'm in the digital world. I got to tap into the audience I've got at the time. (laughs) <laughs> that I've got them. Uh, no, I mean, look, I think that this is one of those deals where, like you guys all have mentioned, if we had all just thought about being in this spot we're in right now in mid-July, still talking about the Suns playing hoops, still talking about the Suns with a chance to win it all. I mean, it is still mind-blowing when I put it in that framework, and I think we have to try to do that as much as possible so that we don't get into these arguments and these petty kind of you know name-calling situations online. That defeats the whole purpose. We should be flying high right now, even after getting our butts handed to us twice on the road, because all the Bucks did was do what they had to do, and now it's a best of three set, and the Suns are still in the driver's seat. Amen. That's hey. That's why he's the preacher. That's, that's why he's the preacher, right there. The Reverend John Bloom, the, the post game host for the Phoenix Suns, also broadcaster with the team, joining us here on the program today. John, we we appreciate you. I'm not kicking you out. I'm just resetting for uh, for the audience that just joined us. Unless unless you're sick of us, but no. I, look, John, I I am am right there with you, and and I don't blame. 98.7. They got so many hours of content to fill. They've been desperate enough to invite me in three times during this uh, yeah, playoff Desperate run. is the correct word. So we know, we know they got a lot of time to fill. But the thing about that play is if DA completes that dunk and gets the end one, right, which Giannis said he thought that's what was going to happen, 
it everybody's just screaming about how great DA is in that moment. I I think it's still amazing if you go back and watch that play that he got high enough to get that ball because that was a very oh, high behind him log. Amazing plays. And guess what leg he jumped off of? The one that the got wrong hyperextended. One. <laughs> the wrong one and the hyperextended. Right. So crazy. Yeah. I, you know, so I, DA, DA made a hell of an effort in that play himself <laughs> just to get in the position to get that ball. The whole thing. Yeah. It, it Even Giannis admitted it was a bad. If it would been, a, if it, he said something along the lines of, if it had been a perfect pass, he would have been dunked on. Giannis yeah, said, like, but he yeah. said he was lucky that the pass was a little bit high and high and wide, and Da had to reach back for it, which gave him enough time to get in there. But and look, Da is and he only had it with his fingertips. You know, he only really had a grasp with his the tips of his fingers. That makes good it, grasp. That makes it easier to block, though. If you, if you don't have a full – like, go back and look at Jason Tatum going up on Bam. That's a whole different ball of wax, in my opinion, because Tatum is coming in for a full-on jam, and Bam basically has his wrist broken with the block shot in the bubble. That thing blew the Giannis block on eight and out of the water, as far as I'm concerned. I know that the impact might be a little bit different. You know, the game is a different game because, what, that was the conference finals as opposed to the NBA finals, so people – People like to throw the throw that uh, element of it, so I'm not going to fight that. Obviously, the NBA Finals, you don't get bigger than that stage. But look at the block itself. Look at Da's grasp of the ball, and it really is in his fingertips. And anybody who's played hoop, if you know a guy's got it in his fingertips, you got a great chance to swipe that out. Now, none of us can get up as high as Giannis can get up and do it from the free throw line where he's guarding a guard, and then turn around and still make right. it in time. That's what makes that play ridiculous. Let me tell mind. you another player I've seen that from. Marquise Chris. No, oh, Jesus. Yeah. Get out of here, Dave. You know what? No. You know what? We're not doing that. We're not bringing up Marquise Chris in a sun solar panel therapy session, Dave King. Send him to solar solar panel purgatory. We appreciate it. Look, uh, look, no John, way. John claims he's talking you know, to the audience know. he has, and then he just goes – for those of you who have played basketball that have gone up to block a guy as he's getting an alley hoop with hey, his fingertips, seven you're not foot speaking hoops, to the baby. right audience, John. Seven foot hoops, baby. We just talked about it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, John, are you up for playing one of the games we play here on the show? Oh, all day. Let's go. All right. Uh, it's time for our... nothing to do with manscaping. No, no manscape. You're safe on the manscape uh, front. We won't put you through that. You can but save twenty percent is... by going to flaming ball uh, by putting in code flaming ballers. Manscape.com lawnmower 4.0. Free shipping too. Uh, anyway, <laughs> anyways, let's play some ma some major props. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. Look, I was trying yeah, to cue you up here. So. I, you know, I forgot we even had that, so that's my bad. My bad. My bad. I'm Major Pops, here we go. I'm, I'm still waiting to be statted. Uh, bre breaking oh, news. I uh, breaking news just handed to me. Cannonball. Oh, wait. Wrong script. Breaking news. DraftKings <laughs> free-to-play pools are keeping it cool all summer long. Choose from a wide variety of free contests to enter the pool and answer a handful of questions. Make picks for free and grab your share of $10,000 in weekly prizes. Yet $10,000. Dive into the DraftKings pool party today. Entering one of DraftKings free-to-play pools is simple. Just download the DraftKings app and head to their pools pages. Select from one of DraftKings many contests contest raging raging yep raging from ranging from uh that evening sporting events to wacky weather wednesday i i gotta play wacky weather wednesdays it seems uh seems like it could be fun and then make your picks watch the action unfold uh and then you could win up to ten thousand dollars i mean who couldn't use ten thousand dollars now that you know how to play download the DraftKings app sign up using the code dry heat all players will have a free shot at yeah ten thousand dollars. Like I've said, I think you got the, uh, I think you've got the, uh, the the prizes there, uh, and then you don't have to spend a dime. That's the best part. So if you're cheap like me, not a dime you have to spend. Uh, use that code Dry Heat to feel the sweat because in Arizona, what you want to do in the summer is feel the sweat. Only at DraftKings, eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. John, that's not the game. That's just what we have to do to get into the game. If uh, oh if you didn't guess, uh, but we the 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 premise here <laughs> is simple. I'm going to throw out a few prop bets that DraftKings actually has tonight. I want to know where you guys where you guys land uh, today. We're not betting a mortgage payment. 
we're betting a year of mortgages. So this is this is big, right? If if you had to bet a year of mortgages, where are you going with this? Uh, the first one, does Devin Booker have over 28.5 points tonight? Are you throwing down the mortgage uh, a year's worth of mortgage? Saul, we'll start with you. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Oh. Based off of uh, after last after last game's performance and how he probably could have gone for 50 at least had he not gotten into foul trouble. Um, I'm fairly confident that uh that my man D book is gonna pull through tonight and get us at least 30. Oh, I like it. Uh, Dave. Oh, I'm under. I'm so under on this because I believe Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton are going to be the leading scorers for the team, and Devin Booker's going to end up being a decoy. Okay, put Ooh. him back in purgatory. Uh, John? <laughs> going to run the picket fence, Dave? Are they going to run the picket fence? Uh, I, I think it's going to be an over for me. I think he's averaging right around that for the playoffs, so I'm going to go over, uh, and it won't necessarily need to be a 50-burger, but he's got it in him. And you're right, Saul. You know, listening to a lot of the national people talk about that, too, the other game, they're saying, look, if Book doesn't foul out, he's over 50, and the Suns win that game. That's how close it was in Milwaukee, so that's why, you know, there should be a confidence level coming back here at home i mean i know that the the ticket prices that i've seen and friends of mine that are paying it are it's just off the charts here for this game but uh, i still expect it to just be up even another notch of in, intensity in that building with what's on the line so book's gonna step his game up that's what he does when the lights are bright he brings it john yes, you were right uh, 27.5 points is what he's averaging you know vegas puts that line right there where you got to think about it. But you know what? I'm all in. Don't tell the missus. I'm going to bet two years worth of mortgages on this. We're going Armani mode tonight, baby. Uh, we, Devin Booker going to come with 30 plus. the results of these things? Because I want to. Well, yeah, they weren't good last time is what I'm going to say. But uh, So we're moving to the second one. And we'll let our esteemed guest start on this one. Chris Paul, over 33.5 points, rebounds, and assists combined. I'll go over on that tonight. I will go over on that tonight because I think it's going to be something around 20 points, and I think he's going to be right around double-digit assists. He hasn't been in double digits in assists in, I believe, almost a month, something like a month. It's been a while. Uh, but uh, at the same time, he's been around eight or nine a bunch of times, which is what he averaged during the season. So if he gets 29, then all he needs is five boards. Yeah, give me over on CP3 on the 33. Dave? The, oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Okay, um, I'm definitely on the over. Like I said, the reason I went under on Booker is because I'm over on this. I think Chris Paul is going to have one of those games where it's like, holy crap. Oh, yeah, maybe he is the best point guard of his generation. And we tend to forget things because just two weeks ago, he scored 41 to close out the Clippers. How are we suddenly saying he's not worth being on the team? Jeez. Yes, <laughs> I say he's over on the 33.5 collecting. The points, rebounds, and assists. The dry heat has affected everybody's memory, apparently. So, um, <laughs> or, or maybe the monsoons, I should say, because it hasn't been really hot uh, the last uh, week and a half. But, uh, you know, I, I will say the over as well. Uh, one of the things that I, I actually watch for with Chris is how, how engaged he is in rebounding, because I feel like that gets him into the game and the flow a little bit more. And it prevents uh, Milwaukee at this point from full court pressing him. Uh, after a make right and, you know uh, and and there was a game I think game three he didn't even have a rebound uh, which told me that he wasn't really in the flow of the game and he wasn't really as involved as he should be and so I would see I would look for him to get somewhere between four and seven rebounds just to have that activity to get into yeah. a flow of the game and really be as effective as he is and, and and let's be honest guys like at 36 years old I know that's not as old as us um, <laughs> you you need to get you work yourself into a lather in order to be at your best, you know, performance. And uh, he's got to lather know, himself up. He's got to lather himself up with the rebounding and uh, get himself going. And by the fourth quarter, he's going to be he a well oiled machine for sure. Manscape 4.0. Yeah, look, look, he's a. Uh... Chris Paul is going to be lathered up in that secret stuff. This is an easy one for me. It's a, it's an over. Uh, the last one on the props list for major props today for, brought to you by our friends at DraftKings is DeAndre Ayton over 12.5 rebounds. Where do we stand? Saul, we'll start with you. No, that's the easiest one of, of tonight. I, I that there's, there's just no way he's not getting at least 12 rebounds or 13 rebounds, I would say now, because of the 12.5. So, yeah, DA, DA rebounding has not been a problem. DA's defense has not been a problem outside of foul trouble in game three. Uh, you know, if you would ask me, you know, over or under 12 points, 
then I might have been like, oh, I don't know. That's a that's that's been kind of a conundrum the last couple of games. But uh, yeah, I, that's an easy one. The rebounding's up at the farm on that. Dave, um, I'm sorry, I was replying to a crazy person. <laughs> in the chat. Twelve point five <laughs> rebounds over under for DeAndre Ayton. Do you take the over? Over, over, right. over, right, over, over. That dude. What what I love about DeAndre Ayton is that he figures out how to play the game, game to game, and he gets better against these teams, at least on the defensive end, every time. His offense is still dependent on how the offense is running. Same with Mikel Bridges. EA and Mikel Bridges are, the offense is running well, they're scoring. If it's not running well, they're not. But defensively, both guys, especially DA, really step up as time passes, and he's getting better and better. They figure he's that... Yes, I'd say over on the 12 and a half rebounds for sure. All right, go back to yelling people in the chat, Dave. Uh, John, yeah, where where are you? I'm going to go under, uh, not on the rebounds, but on a dozen times the Suns get hit in the face. That's what I'd like. I'd like to see them get hit in the face less than a dozen <laughs> times in this game. And if they do get hit in the face, I'd like to see the referees actually go over and look at it in the monitor one time. That'd be nice. That, if, if we could have under 12 times hit in the face, and it, over one time going to look at it in the monitor and give the Suns a flagrant. That's what I'd like to know. I like I'm not gonna basically get what the Clippers did in the last series. If you, hit the, if you bump into the Suns players constantly every single play, they can't call a foul every single play, so they can only call it when it's egregious. So you just you hit them first, you hit them middle, you hit them last. If you're always physically on them, then you get away with it. The Suns got to turn those tables. The Suns got to be physical themselves in ways that doesn't make the refs call fouls on him. And we are still, I, I got to give uh, credit to Devin Booker and Jay Crowder for controlling themselves for the past three weeks, because they have been one T away from being one T away from being suspended for two straight weeks after collecting T's in the first two and a half series. And, and, uh, these guys are great. They, Give the credit really to Monty on that Devin one, because I'm pretty sure after call five or foul five last time, he was ready to pick up that technical. He, he went and kicked yeah. a chair on the bench. So credit to Monty there. Look, I'm going to call a push. I, I think what's going to happen is Suns are going to be wrapping up the game. DeAndre's going to grab a board, and as he comes down with it, Chris Paul's going to rip it out of his hands. Oh, my God. He'll finish with 12 and a half. <laughs> And it will be a push. So that's what I'm going to go with. So that is major props brought to you by our friends. In the, in the NFL, they should do half rebounds. <laughs> brought to you NBA. by our friends at DraftKings. I'm not going to read the ad again because you don't have that much time left before game five. So I will uh, leave. Jo <laughs> John, as, as requested. All right, so let's start talking about actual things here for a couple of minutes. That, of course, we want Chris Paul to be great tonight. We want Devin Booker. We want DeAndre Aiden to be great. Here's the things that the, that Monty Williams really has to adjust for over these four games. All right, we're and we're going to talk about this after I after I lay it out here. The Suns are averaging not just in Milwaukee, just over all four games. The Suns are averaging eight fewer shot attempts a game. They're averaging five fewer free throws a game. They're, they're shooting better than Milwaukee, and so they're only down three points for the series because they're shooting better from Milwaukee. But Milwaukee is killing them over all four games on, on shot attempts because they're getting the offensive rebounds and putbacks and all that stuff. Free throws, they're drawing a lot more fouls. The Suns are averaging six and a half less rebounds, fewer assists, more turnovers, fewer steals. Guess which team is playing harder so far? Guess which team is playing more physical so far? It's the Bucs. The Suns have to turn that around. The Suns, now people will say, well, the Suns are small. They're not supposed to be able to do it. The Suns have been uh, right in the middle of the pack on rebounding, meaning they have the same rebounds as their opponents all year long. Um, same, they're, they're one of the best, uh, fewer, lowest turnover teams in the league. They, the Suns do all this stuff better. They take more shots per game than their opponent all year long. So the Bucks, I feel like this is the Bucks are good, but this is an aberration that this being so disparate, and these things tend to balance out. I really see the Suns actually look at the shot attempts, look at the don't just look at the occasional offensive rebounds, look at the total shot attempts, and uh, the Suns will win the game if they can keep it closer than the than the eight disparity that we've been seeing. 
I agree. Good stats. Yeah, those are good stats, Dave. And, and I think you look at the uh, way that these two teams play basketball and it, it plays out in the way you just described it from a stat standpoint. The Suns just have a deeper roster when it comes to shooters and, and guys that can make shots. Uh, the Bucks have a, a stable of guys that they go to. And, and really, as the game gets closer to the end, it gets narrowed down to really just Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, and Giannis. And uh, and if you can shut those three down, then you've got a great chance. Now, you could say the same maybe to a certain extent for the Suns, that down the stretch in games, it's really limited to Book and, and Chris Paul and maybe DeAndre. But uh, that's where I think those other guys really still need to step up, like Jay Crowder and Mikel Bridges, the other two starters. And then you can bring in Cam Johnson, who I think has elevated his game play since that whole food poisoning issue at the end of uh, the Western Conference Finals. I think he's been fantastic in the finals. And I think the more minutes, the better for Cam, because he seems like one of the fresher players right now on this roster. That's because Absolutely. he got all the toxins out at, during uh, game six. He's, he's cleansed himself thanks to that <laughs> food poisoning. But yeah, I would I love it after the food poisoning. He's like, they asked him about it in a post game or in the next game practice. He's like, man, that's the thing about the NBA. You can't just take an L in private. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody knows. Hey, at least he didn't do it in uh, Alvin Gentry style on the sideline where everybody <laughs> has video of your of your moment of food poisoning. But look, Cam Johnson's a guy I look at that is a linchpin in game five, both offensively and I think defensively. He has played solid defense, and when he does that, it allows you the ability to keep him on the floor longer offensively where he's been fantastic. I want to see closer to 30 minutes from him tonight with what he's been able to do. I think he can have a massive impact on the flow of the game, on those rebounding numbers uh, as well, uh, and really help. And I'd like to see him and Mikhail Bridges out there playing some time together because I think that could help Mikhail get going. With how close those guys are, how well they know each other's game, I think that could be something that helps jumpstart Mikhail a, a little bit rather than uh, basically – Cam eating some of Mikhail's minutes and eating into those. I'd rather see some minutes where they play together. Uh, I just, I really think Cam Johnson could be a huge factor. Well, anybody else really going eight deep right now? So uh, Cam is going to get more minutes uh, because of that, because the Dario's out. Uh, depends on how well Tory Craig plays, because he's another one of those who's just interchangeable right there. Um, they're not going to sit Chris Paul unless he's injured. And if he do, they do, it's camp, it's uh campaign who plays. Devin Booker's not going to sit if he doesn't have to in this game. I, I, I'm guessing Devin Booker's going to play 48 minutes if he can. Uh, and uh, DeAndre Ayton, he's going to play every minute that Giannis is out there unless there's foul trouble. So, uh, that was the, those are the only things holding Cam Johnson down from getting 30 minutes. But uh, Tory Craig will be uh, bellwether on whether, um, you know, if he's having a great game, you keep him out there because he can rebound a little bit better than Cam Johnson does. Cam Johnson's problem is getting rebounds. He he just doesn't. And uh, Torrey Craig's a little bit better than, better on that end. But defensively, holding his ground, offensively making his shots, he's really, really good. But um, he is contributing to the Suns losing the rebounding battle a little bit. He just doesn't get the rebounds. like, uh, and, and neither does Mikel. Um, Jay Crowder and Tory Craig are the, are the second and third best rebounders on the team. And that's a little bit scary, you know? Mm, yeah. You know, I, I, as a, as a whole, I just, I feel like this team is due for a, a, an overall good performance, not just one or two guys. Uh, you know, we, we've seen it in spots here and there, but, uh, you know, it's, it's been a while since the, the entire team has played very well together. And, uh, I, I would expect that. Uh, tonight, uh, at least I hope so. This, let, let's be real. This game is far more important for the Suns than it is for the Bucks. If the Suns oh. lose this, it, oh, it's, it's not good going back to the Bucks. For both, Saul. I don't well, yeah, well, yeah. I, I, that's that's saying the obvious, no, but I think no, it's no, more no. important I mean, for the Suns than it is for the Bucks. Whichever team goes down three-two. <laughs> yeah, but at least the Bucks can hang their hat on they're going back home. So yeah. okay, well maybe they have a chance to get back in the series, and then who knows? Game seven is a wild card, right? Game sevens are always a wild card. You can't always just rely on the fact that you're you're the home court uh, for game seven. But uh, so I, I think you know the Suns. The Suns don't want to go back to Milwaukee down three-two. I will say that for as sure. opposed to the the Bucks going back uh, down three-two and going back home. So 
John? Yeah, I agree. I think at this point, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just thinking about all the different factors that we're discussing going into this game. Uh, and, and, you know, one guy that we haven't spent a lot of time talking about, but I have to bring up Jay Crowder uh, because, uh, you know, has there ever been a more streaky shooter in the history of the Phoenix Suns, number one? And number two, uh, I don't know if there's been a guy that's kind of snuck up on a fan base and been a fan favorite as sneakily as a Jay Crowder uh, has done on this team. Because I just tweeted this out uh, last night. I got a picture of a, a little girl with this cake that uh, her grandma baked for her. And it is the most unbelievable-looking son's cake, first of all. I love cake. It was my first word. I know that's probably <laughs> shocking for a lot of you people out there. Huh? John likes cake? I would have never guessed. Uh, yeah. Uh, so look at this. Check this picture of the Jay Crowder cake out with Harper from Prescott. You might recall, if you listen to the post game show harper was the seven-year-old she just turned eight this was her son's themed birthday party i got a picture of she was the seven-year-old who called up the post game show after lebron turned his back on his team and walked out early with like five minutes left to go in round one with with the game left and the sun's hammering the lakers and her dad handed her the phone and she just simply said i just want to say lebron james is a giver upper that was what she called LeBron, and she had her moment of post-game lore that I will never forget. Uh, and now she's pictured with this great cake, and Jay Crowder's her favorite player. I'm, I'm making this big circle back to Jay uh, because I feel like he does have an impact uh, not just on the guys off the court, like we talk about the veteran leadership, but when he makes a three – uh, it does something to this team. It seems like there's a confidence factor more so in the entire offense when Jay Crowder's knocking it down than when yeah. he's cold. And it's weird to say that because he's made a bunch of threes in games where the rest of the team is cold as well. It's not always matching up with him getting hot and the team being hot. Hopefully it does match up tonight because then I think the Suns have a great chance. And the last bit I wanted to mention, when you played the Monty Williams bit from the uh, bubble, and I saw a guy in the background. It jogged a memory. I just had this conversation with a really good friend of mine. And I was thinking, man, you know the one guy that would maybe be just immense for this team in this playoff series that was in that room is Aaron Baines. And I also am selfishly saying that because I would love to have Baines Fan Club on this run with us on Twitter to bring the levity that that, that account brought while he was here and, and a member of the Phoenix Suns. But I just thought, you know, wow, well, the way he set screens, the way he could throw some bodies around and do what he needed to do, and if he has to hit that three, uh, that would have been a weapon for this team to have uh, in this series specifically. So, John, if if you watch Space Jam 2, uh, LeBron's a giver-upper when it comes to acting, too. So, uh, <laughs> not good. I watched it last night. Anyways, it was, I, hey, hey, I'm a Jordan stan, and we all know this. It was far better than the first. Let's and be that's real. that's not really? saying anything. So. <laughs> That How did Rosie feel, though? How did Rosie feel? She's the real critic in this. I'm, I'm not letting her watch that. that, that gonna, <laughs> I don't want to corrupt her with LeBron James. I just got her on the Suns bandwagon. I don't need her to, to like LeBron in any way, shape, or form, especially with bad acting. But LeBron, just, LeBron does try to fake cry in the movie, and it just does not does come he? off very well. Which is oh, funny because yeah. he does it on the court so damn well. Yeah, so well. I don't so get it. So well. Anyways, enough LeBron James and the Laker talk. They're uh, two months old news here on the program. But some news that that came up yesterday, out of the blue, uh, new name for the arena. We'll talk about it quick, then we're going to get our predictions for Game 5. But I felt remiss if I did not bring up the fact that it is now the it's, footprint it's, it's only because Espo likes to talk about feet, man. Jeez. I'm not Rex Ryan. Give it up. God, knock it off. Fetish uh, arena. <laughs> look, so in, the arena is now the footprint center, which – the footprint company is is very uh, a very cool company go read about it and and what they're trying to do in terms of sustainability for the planet i think it's a really cool company a cool thing for the team to be tied into but let's be honest it comes with a lot of uh, potential puns and jokes that that, that have to do with, with feet and everything but i i don't want to get into that with you guys i just i want to i want to ask do we have to now call the fans the foot clan uh, an old Ninja Turtles reference, but I think we I think we gotta get the fans into this. They're the Foot Clan, and they're gonna support the team tonight. You know? No, I, I'm not. Right, a, I'm not a clan stand at, at all for anything <laughs> no. like that. As as evidenced by the color of my skin. So right. no. Yeah. 
So All that's right. a thumbs down for me. Yes. I'd rather, I'd rather go foot patrol. Saw so you down with foot patrol. There foot you patrol go, foot patrol. All right. Yeah, yeah we, used to, if you, we used to say back in the day at the Cuse, if we had to walk to a party, we got to go foot patrol tonight, <laughs> and that's what it is. Got to put the old, you know, shit kickers on the the big old Timberland boots and trudge through the snow. That was foot patrol. Well, I, I just, learned yeah. that. I just yeah, yeah, like the ass Phoenix with that idea. Foot soldiers. I think that's good. The foot soldiers for the fans. All right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna shut up now. Let's just get our predictions for game <laughs> game five. Look at the every game the rest of the way will be the biggest game in franchise history. But tonight is is one of those moments where we'll look back on as a turning point one way or another. Where do you guys sit? Guest first, John. What are you thinking uh, is going to happen tonight? Well, I think, you know, this has happened to me a few times, uh, not just in the playoffs, but I think just overall in this season uh, where I'm like just a, a game ahead of my, you know, my prediction was just a game. ahead. So I guess this is Chris Paul's opus tonight. I thought I was so convinced it was game four, but apparently I'm, I was just a game ahead. He's going to save it for the home crowd in game five tonight. It is a healthy anticipation in my own brain that this dude is going to show up and going to once again remind everybody why he got a nickname that has the word God in it. First of all, who is even that, uh, you know, able to roll with something that's given to you like that and still kind of produce at a level that has everybody grab onto a name like that and embrace it and use it as if it's appropriate. That's Chris Paul. So he's going to remind everybody of that tonight. I have this, you know, like I said, a healthy expectation that that's what's going to go down in downtown Phoenix. It doesn't mean that it's all on CP3 to get the job done tonight. Not at all. It's got to be that full Suns basketball, the way we've been seeing it played all season long, or let's specifically point out the end of January on. So what are we looking at now? Six months of it? that we've been watching this team go ahead and play like that. Why not one more game in game five, the biggest game of all time, as far as I'm concerned of covering this franchise and, and even cheering for it going back 30 plus years. Look, I love it. The Reverend is preaching the gospel of the point God today here on the program. And I think now we got to call the crowd, the congregation, right? I mean, you're going to have the Reverend and, and the point guard in the building tonight. So what do you think is going to happen in game five? Oh man. You know, I, I'm, I, I'm battling my heart in my head. Uh, my heart says, you know, the sun's by a thousand. Uh, my, my head is telling me, um, that it's going to be far closer than I think people think it's going to be. I think the bucks are, are feeling themselves a little bit. And, um, Giannis is, uh, you got to give Giannis credit. Giannis, you know, he, he actually had a quote yesterday where he was talking about like, not really caring about what happened last game and not really smelling your own farts for lack of a better word. Right. Like, you know, people gassing you up and saying you're great. And yeah, I just had 30 or I had 40 and I'm awesome. He's like, he's like, I just don't care about that kind of stuff. Like you got to worry about the next game, especially in the NBA finals. Devin Booker is exactly like that too. He could care less. They just want the win. Um, I think it's going to be a close game, but I do expect the Suns to play much, much better. And because of that, I do expect them to win. Although I don't think it's going to be in a blowout like a lot of people are hoping for. Dave. Wow, Saul. That is awesome. If you smell your own farts, you're living in the past. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> I like that. You gotta live in the present. Yeah. Move forward. And then you don't unless you're a really powerful farter, then you're just <laughs> living in the present. Well, it doesn't go forward, it only goes backwards. Yeah. So, what happens if you have to take a tinkle? Where does that yeah, fit yeah, into yeah, the yeah. whole conversation? <laughs> <laughs> Brought to you by Manscaped. No, I, Brought to you by Manscaped. I love that. I'm going to use that. Um, okay. So I think, what do I think is going to happen tonight? Well, uh, I'm not going to follow the lead of, of uh, some of the chatters here in the YouTube. Uh, so I'm just going to really go with what I believe is going to happen. I've seen this team bounce back from losses uh, much better than any other team in Suns history. I've been a fan I've been watching the Suns for a very, very long time. This team is more equipped to bounce back from a loss than any other t playoff team in Suns history, in my in my belief, against a really good opponent. So I believe the Suns are going to play extremely hard tonight, and they're going to win a fairly close one. Um, I like what Dave Burns said on 98.7 yesterday. He's like, I'm not predicting a 10-point win, but I'm predicting a game that is not coming down to the final minute on margin. If it finishes closer than 10 points, it's because they were, the Suns were up the whole time anyway. Um, so I believe that. 
I do believe that. I'm going to go with the Suns winning this game. Can I say this too? There's a feeling that I do have. If you remember any iconic devastation that we've had as Arizona fans, right? It's always been one just play that you just that sticks out like no other. The Paxton three or or uh, Santonio Holmes catching in the corner, like it's just been like, oh my gosh, we're due for one of those plays on our side. And so, you know, I think either in game five or game six, we will get that play that will cement, hopefully, an NBA championship. If it didn't already happen in the Valley Oop. I mean, I know that wasn't in the finals. You're talking about a, a play I'm in the finals. I'm talking about in the finals. Yeah, yeah. it's got to be in the yeah. finals. Yeah. yeah look, it's going to be tough look, to beat that one, though. The, yeah. the, the Bucks. I think the Bucks may have wasted that moment too early. Those crushing blows to us come in final seconds of final games, and hopefully they wasted the, their finals magic too early in, in game four rather than later on. I'm going to say this is a very a game very much like game four, but in the end, it's the Suns that pull away uh, and, and take that you know five, seven-point victory and set it up for what is going to be an insane game six in Milwaukee with the Bucks trying to fend off the elimination and the Suns going for the kill. I yeah, still say Suns and six. I said it from the beginning. I'm staying with it now. Suns and six. This is this is the night where they they remember who they are and it carries them through the next two games. I gotta tell you guys, I'm not shocked that a Suns podcast uh, actually took. The Suns. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah. Hey, we we all said I think it was all six or seven when we were talking here yeah. originally at the beginning of the series. So. We expected them to lose two or three games. We weren't sitting here saying, it's a sweep. It's the coronation. No, like, we're realistic. Look, it takes work to get a championship. The work's about to be put in. That's where I stand with it. Bloomer, thank you so much yeah. for spending way too much of your Saturday morning with us. At least you got to spend it outside, though. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm I'm getting a little bit of swampiness, uh, you know, <laughs> under the pits. I'm not going to lie, uh, being outside. But, you know, it, this is thank goodness it's not 115. Uh, and thank goodness my dog didn't bark the entire time. Uh, and even though I, I've got a very dark uh, lit camera, apologize for that. But you all better off not seeing all the, the wrinkles and stuff in the face. Uh, and, and I just want to say uh, I love what you guys have done. And I know a lot of people call into the postgame show and they're like, you know, I'm so happy for you that you get to do this when the team's good. I'm happy for you guys, too. That, that I know you put in the time and you get on and you do podcasts, you know, a couple times a week and a lot of times when the team's no good over the years. Uh, so uh, to, to now get this opportunity as we're sitting here getting ready for game five of the NBA finals, just don't sleep on that. I know you guys don't. I, I know you, you take that uh, and don't take it for granted. Uh, I love what we've got ahead of us uh, tonight, uh, potentially six or seven. And I think I said this when everybody was asking me, you know, what do you think? I don't care. Sun's in whatever. It doesn't matter what the end of that seg sentence is. It's just Suns win the championship. That's the only thing that matters. They need two more wins, and hopefully one comes tonight. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, you can follow him at John Bloom. That's J-O-N. And then you know how to spell Bloom. You can find him there. You can listen to him pre, halftime, post game on the broadcast tonight on 98.7 or wherever you listen to the Suns radio network. Favorite of mine. Oh, he's waving the rally towel right now. The bright orange one. Bloomer off. is ready for tonight. Oh, you can follow at Dave King, or you can follow Dave King at Dave King NBA. The NBA is there because finally, finally, finally. He's covering real basketball, and you got at you can follow <laughs> yep. Saul Bookman at Saul underscore Bookman. The underscore is there because you need some place to store all the excitement the Reverend John Bloom brought for us today. We're ready, and and a place to place those two more wins that the Suns are on the road to get. You can follow me at Aspo. You can follow the Suns at or follow the show at Sun Solar Panel. So until next time, which will be in about twelve hours after Game Five. I will talk to you then here on the solar panel. Ahoy, hoy. You know, when we channel our energy the right way, we can make big things happen like tonight. Three-pointer. Devin Bucker on fire. Crowder looking, throws it. Alley. Oh! And he puts it down. He puts it down. Man, uh, I'm just so happy for all the people around me. You know what I mean? And to do it here in L.A. with the Clippers, there's my family, too.
We didn't want to do a game seven. We want to do it here tonight. Chris Paul is in the NBA Finals. What do you think when you hear that sentence? Man, it sounds damn good. Damn good. It's been a lot of work, man. 